Hello, I'm Ken Seong, Technical Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants. And I'm here with Wei San Kwok, inter Interim Chair of the Board. We are joined by several board members as well, uh, Don Thompson, Jim Gay, and Marisa Aubert. We're here to share some of the highlights from the board's meeting held in New York, July 7th through 9th, 20, 2014. Wee-san, in some ways, this was an important meeting for the board. What were some of the highlights of and key developments arising from that meeting? Thank you, Ken. Um, overall, it's been a very productive meeting uh, in which we achieved a number of very important outcomes that the board had set out to uh, achieve uh, in New York this time around. Um, the four important outcomes were uh, we have had the approval of the strategy work plan, and that's very important because it will guide the work of the board uh, for the next uh, three years to 2018. Um, the SWP or strategy work plan included a number of uh, key matters that were raised by our stakeholders, and I'm pleased to report that these have been included uh, in the work plan. Uh, these are a confirmation that the four work streams that we're currently undertaking are very important. Uh, secondly, uh, the safeguards uh, concerns by our stakeholders have been uh, recognized and included, and, and also an acknowledgement that collective investment schemes fee-related matters, PIEs, enacting the public interest are matters that require further study uh, and require further monitoring, and these have also been included in the strategy work plan. Um, the other three successful outcomes, and, and I'll leave to my colleagues to give the highlights on uh, these three, uh, but just very briefly, we have successfully approved an ED on Long Association uh, we have also obtained a landing on many of the important key issues that we needed to get uh, to a to a exposure draft, hopefully on Part C, hopefully by October, uh, the next meeting. And uh, we managed to successfully agree on the consultation paper relating to structures project, and as well as a landing on many of the important things, which my colleague will brief um, uh, you on uh, later on. Um, we also had some discussion on the status of the non-assurance services project and uh, also the important uh, project on NOCLA. A status update was given uh, on the roundtables by the chair of the task force. Uh, many of the details are, will be included in the minutes and the papers. Uh, safe to say at this stage that I'm pleased to report that the progress has been very encouraging and we hope to have a, a report back at the next meeting in October. Ken. Thank you, Wee-san. Uh, let me turn to Don Thompson now. Don chairs our Structure of the Code project. And Don, if I may please invite you to share some of the highlights from the board's discussion on the, um, the project this week. Certainly, thank you, Ken. So at this meeting, the board considered a first draft of a consultation paper and illustrative examples, setting out the proposed restructuring of the code. This restructuring increases the visibility of the requirements and prohibitions and clarifies responsibility for compliance with the standards in the code. In the course of the discussion, the task force presented the board with some examples of a restructured code to better uh, set out how uh, this uh, code will look. The examples proposed that each section would have an introductory paragraph summarizing the purpose of the section. The examples then separate the requirements and prohibitions from the application material. Board generally supported this structure and provided constructive comments to help the task force move forward with the finalization of this material. 
The board also agreed with the task force's direction regarding clarification of firm responsibility in the code. The task force proposed making it clear that the firm is generally responsible for independence and for ensuring that professional accountants within the firm know and comply with their individual responsibilities. The board recognized that a potential safeguards project is likely to have a pervasive impact on the restructuring and supported doing further work in that area. Initial consideration of issues related to safeguards is being undertaken by the Non-Insurance Services Task Force. All stakeholders who've been involved have encouraged the board to expedite this project, the structure project, and the board recognized that it's important to maintain control over the scope of the project and resist uh, calls to expand the project in order to avoid risks to the timeline. The board remains on track to approve a consultation paper on restructuring the code at its next meeting in October. Thank you, Don. Let me turn to Jim Gay now. Uh, Jim, as chair of the Part C project, um, what would you say were the key developments um, arising from the board discussion this week? Um, the, the main uh, move forward in, in this uh, was an agreement by the board that uh, the emphasis of the of section 370 which is on pressure uh, should focus on uh, the usefulness of the standard and uh, and that means uh, in this case that uh, we won't be using the usual language of threats and safeguards that uh, uh, is in the code uh, we have uh, uh, in this meeting we looked at uh, two standards uh, that Part C Task Force is uh, working on. Uh, the one is on, on pressure, uh, pressure that uh, creates threats uh, that may lead to the breach of fundamental principles uh, of, uh, of accounting ethics. Um, and the section uh, is structured, uh, first of all, to uh, uh, help uh, professional accountants in business uh, determine whether uh, pressure that they face uh, might lead to uh, a breach of the fundamental principles, and if so, um, a list of actions that they might consider uh, taking uh, in order to mitigate that threat. Uh, if, uh, if no progress is made on that, uh, if it's not satisfactory, uh, then the, the section does say uh, that uh, PIDs, uh, professional accounts and business, uh, should dissociate themselves uh, from uh, the actions. The other uh, section that we were uh, working on uh, and presented is uh, section 320 on the presentation of information. Uh, it uh, is uh, one of the move things we moved forward with was to uh, kind of reduce uh, the sort of the complexity and listing of things in, in the uh, statement so that um, we've kind of reduced uh, the uh, uh, requirements you know in a way uh, by stating one high-level requirement uh, relating to the presentation of information and that is that the information should be prepared fairly and honestly uh, in accordance with the principle of integrity uh, then appended to that is guidance about what is involved in uh, presenting information uh, that is fair and uh, and honest uh, and part of that then is is uh, that uh, accounts and business should not prepare or present information in a manner that's intended to mislead or is intended to influence contractual or, 
or regulatory outcomes inappropriately. Uh, accounting does have effects, of course, and what we're talking about here are inappropriate uh, outcomes. Also, information should be complete and uh, presented in accordance with a relative, relevant reporting framework uh, where that's applicable. Uh, so the, uh, uh, also, uh, the, uh, we move forward on um, dealing with the issue uh, that uh, professional accountants in business may use their judgment um, uh, to, um, in, with the intention of misleading um, others. And uh, so the uh, uh, standard that was presented uh, for uh, discussion uh, enumerated a number of categories uh, of ways in which uh, this might be done along with uh, uh, some examples. Uh, once again, uh, if uh, uh, accountants are not uh, allowed according to uh, our code to be associated with uh, misleading information, that's one of the basically fundamental principles. Uh, and so uh, part of the uh, uh, section uh, uh, provides uh, some guidance about uh, dissociating themselves from, uh, from misleading information. Uh, as uh, Wisan said, we're hopeful to have an exposure draft of these two standards in October, uh, along with some amendments uh, that uh, go along with it. And uh, then as soon as practicable after that, we will be moving to phase two of the Part C project, which is about inducements, gifts, and, fr and, and bribes. And uh, uh, yeah, that's a, a major issue. The, the world is moving and changing quickly in a number of ways. And, and in the area of, uh, of, of corruption and bribes, uh, it's moving very quickly. And so this uh, is a timely project. And we're uh, very interested in moving uh, forward on it as fast as we can. Thank you for, for sharing this update, Jim. Uh, Marisa, if I may please turn to you uh, and invite you as chair of the Long Association Task Force uh, to share with, with us what you saw as um, uh, key highlights from the board's deliberations on the Long Association project this week. Thank you, Ken. Um, as you know, some time ago the board started a project to consider whether the Long Association provisions, which include the rotation requirements for key audit partners on public interest entities or PIEs. Um, and after a long period of uh, deliberation of the issues and stakeholder consultation, um, I'm pleased to say the board has today approved the release of an exposure draft with some proposed amendments to the long association provisions in both section 290 and, and 291. It was uh, important to the board to have robust policies in this area, particularly in respect of addressing some stakeholder concern with respect to the familiarity and self-interest threats created by the long association of individuals with audit clients. And the amendments in summary are aimed uh, probably at two main areas. Um, the first is strengthening the general provisions that apply to all audit engagements and providing uh, better principles and guidance for evaluating the threats uh, to independence that arise uh, from long association of individuals with audit clients. Um, secondly, uh, the exposure draft will also set out the board's proposals for strengthening the rotation requirements in respect of key audit partners who serve uh, on audit engagements for PIEs. Um, the board has determined that the current seven year on, two year off rotation requirements 
remain appropriate for key audit partners, uh, except in one area. The board is proposing to extend the cooling off period from two years to five years for the lead audit engagement partner serving a pie. And this is really in order to deal with the relationship which the board feels is most affected by the perception and also the, the potential familiarity and self-interest threats um, that can arise from the long association of the lead engagement partner with the audit client. And also to ensure the incoming engagement partner can indeed bring a true fresh look to the audit. In addition, the board has proposed clear and explicit restrictions on the activities that any key audit partner can undertake with respect to the audit client during the cooling off period, whether that's a two year cooling off period or a five year cooling off period. Um, again, this is really to ensure that the key audit partner truly does uh, cool off and, and reduce the familiarity threats, but again, to ensure that incoming audit partners are free from influence um, and able to, to, to bring that fresh look to the audit, which is the ultimate objective of these provisions. So the ED will be released soon um, and we look forward to receiving stakeholder feedback to the board's proposals. Thank you, Marisa, and uh, thank you again, Wison, uh, Don and Jim, uh, for sharing your updates uh, with our listeners. The next meeting of the board will be held from October 13th to 15th, 2014 in New York. Ethics board meetings are open to the public and we encourage those who are interested to observe our meetings. To register as an observer, go to the meetings page of the Ethics Board's website at www.ethicsboard.org. There you can also find more information about the board and the projects discussed. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each meeting. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes Store. And thank you for listening.